Blog Talk Radio. listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. So it's brother, can you spare a dime? My God shall supply my need. Don't hesitate because I am a thief. Because every good Well, good evening and good afternoon, good morning, whatever time of the day it is, wherever you are. Hello, and again, welcome to this segment of When Christians Speak Talk Radio. This is Abounding Grace, and I am Minister Vanessa, and we're so delighted and blessed that you decided to join us at this time. You know, I've had the privilege to be such a uh, part of a wonderful network of brothers and sisters um, on this uh, program, When Christian Speaks Talk Radio. Our founder, Reverend Ray Rose, um, has been such a blessing to us, and I just wanted to take time out to say that. We always, always, always give God the honor, the glory, and the praise, um, for he is so awesome in all of our lives. My prayer this evening is that this message will encourage you to strengthen your relationship with God, and if you do not have a personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, my prayer is that this message will convict you and touch your heart in such a way that you will want to get to know Jesus for yourself. Tonight's broadcast topic um, is pursue your calling. Pursue your calling. And our main text it's going to be coming out of Romans, the 8th chapter, passages 29 to 31. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now, God, for you're so awesome in all your ways, Lord. We thank you, Father, because you are so wonderful, God. Lord, we just want to take time just to lift your name up and just praise you and give you the honor, the glory, and all that you deserve, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for this program, this ministry, Lord God, for giving us another opportunity to serve you, Lord God, through serving your people, Father. But I ask right now, Father, that you allow me to decrease so that you would increase even more in me, in this message, and that through it all, you would get all the honors, the glory, and the praise. I thank you for the, the persons who are listening this evening, that you would open up their understanding of your word, Father, that they may have a closer walk with you. I, I pray that there will be a carriage to keep on keeping on. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Well, the main scripture again, and you'll hear me saying it several times tonight, is Romans 8th chapter. The 29th verse reads, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, the 31st. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. 
and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them also glorified. Predestinate, to determine, to appoint, to settle beforehand. Before you were even born, God determined that you were special. He appointed you. He handpicked you. He settled you beforehand. You were predestined. He loved you so much. And then he called. He called your name. He requested your attendance to be among his very elect. Then he also justified. He declared or made righteous in the sight of God so that you were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You were bought with a price. Then he glorified. Glorified means something or someone who's ordinary or unexceptional to be represented in such a way, to be elevated in such a way. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So the 31st verse kind of wraps it up there. So what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, and we know he is, who, who, my sister, can be against us? If God be for you, who can be against you? So pursue your calling. Each of us has a call on our life. What has God specifically called you to do? Hey, you out there, God chose you. He called you. Then he justified you, and he glorified you for what? For his purpose. Whatever God has ordained for you is to benefit his kingdom. His intent is for you to draw people close to him or for you to go out and reach souls for Christ. We're talking about kingdom building, his body, the church. The body of Christ needs your gift. Pursuing the call that God has for you is important for the entire body. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we won't read the entire passage, but we want to start with the 12th verse, where we, the scripture talks about one body having many members. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves, or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So the 14th verse says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. We're talking about the physical body now. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, that would make it not any less part of the body. If the whole body was an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were, were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And then you skip down to the 26th verse. It says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So you see in the final analysis, 
That's what we all were created to do. We are called to build up the body of Christ, to build up, not to tear down, to build up his kingdom. And how do we succeed in doing that? By pursuing our calling, which is our purpose. We each have a call on our lives, a purpose to fulfill, to promote kingdom building. How we do that is in our individual calling, our individual purpose. There are no big eyes and little U's. We all need each other in kingdom building. So first you've got to know your individual purpose. What were you designed to be? God knows what his purpose, his design is for you. But you've got to identify it. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to embrace it. And then what do you have to do? You have to pursue it. And get this, the purpose that God has for you, my sister, is for you. No one else can fulfill your purpose. You are unique. You are one of a kind. When God created you, he created something special, something wonderful. When God created you, he created something beautiful, my brother. And his intent was for you to walk in your calling, walk confidently, knowing, trusting, and believing that God is the author and finisher of your faith. When he created you, he had something special in mind just for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. His plans are for your good and not for disaster, not for evil. So faith is good. That's in God's plan. Fear is evil. That spells disaster, and fear is definitely not in God's plan. Faith says all things are possible if you only believe. Fear says, oh, no, not so, not this time. But we know the Second Timothy 1, 7 says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. Remember, all good and perfect gifts come from God, nor is it perfect, so it does not come from God. Okay, so you might be thinking, that's great. All of that sounds great, sister. But how does that define my calling? Get this. Your calling, which is your purpose, originated with God's plans for you. You have to walk into your purpose with passion, practice, perseverance, confidence, and a willingness, get this, to be teachable so that your purpose is fulfilled in every sense intended by God. Are you willing to be teachable? We are all called to be disciples. And what is a disciple? A disciplined follower of Christ. Now, God may have called you to be a great apostle. He may have called you to be an awesome evangelist, a dynamic pastor, a worldwide missionary. And you may be tempted to jump right in there. That is, you may be tempted to get a hand of God, thinking you got all the answers already. Yet, preparing for your calling may begin with being a doorkeeper in the house of God. Prepare for your calling may begin with helping out in the children's ministry. Preparing for your calling may begin with visiting the sick and the shut-in or visiting the prisons behind the walls. If you are not willing to learn to be the best doorkeeper you can be, how will you learn to be the best in pursuing your calling? A servant. Pursuing your calling means you've got to serve. 
When Jesus himself walked this earth, he was the greatest servant of them all. He taught the importance of serving. He set an example for us all. For example, when he washed the disciples' feet, when he met with the disciples um, during the, um, the, past, the feast of the Passover, and Jesus knew his hour had come to depart out of this world. So during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and that he was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and took a tower and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water. This is Jesus we're talking about. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you do not understand now. You will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus looked at him, and he responded, if I do not wash you, you have no share in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only then, but also my hands and my head. And skip to the 12th verse. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, had washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye also should do just have done to you. Surely, surely, I say unto you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, Jesus says, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus serves his disciples. How are you pursuing your calling? Start by knowing how to be a servant and be the best servant you can be. Serve one another. Serve without expecting anything. Serve with joy in your heart. Serve when no one's looking, especially, especially when no one's looking. The greatest example of pursuing your calling is serving. How many people struggle with knowing exactly what God has called them to do? Or do you struggle with being steadfast in knowing what to do and in pursuing it? Have you ever asked yourself, what is my purpose? What am I here for? Have you ever asked yourself, why am I here? Now, let's not confuse our purpose, which is our calling, with our gifts. Our gifts, all good and perfect gifts, come from God. We're given to us so that we can fulfill his call on our lives. Our purpose, the reason for existing, the reason why God created us. Yes, we know that God created us all in his own image, but why did he select me? Why did he allow me to live? What am I supposed to do with this life that he has given me, that he has treasured with me with? What is his task for me? Have you, with a sincere heart, had a frank discussion about your purpose with God? I mean, after all, since he's the one that made you in his own image, and since he knows the plans he has for you, who better to ask that question than to go and have a question, a conversation with God? Psalms 100 says, Know ye not 
that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. If you are sincere and knowing your purpose, have a conversation with God. Seek his wisdom and ask him, just like James, the first chapter says, seek wisdom and ask him. If any of you, one of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Follow his word. Ask him for wisdom. He desires that you come to him seeking. He desires that you come to him seeking. I want you to think about that just for a minute. God will not let you down. And when you have that conversation, don't let it be a one-way conversation. Let it be a discussion where you ask him and then you listen. You listen. You listen. You're quiet and you listen to that still, small voice within you. Do you really desire to know what your purpose is? Are you sincere? Are you ready to accept and walk into your purpose with passion, practice, confidence, and a willingness to be teachable so that your purpose is fulfilled in every sense intended by God? Matthew 7, chapter 7, verses, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The eighth verse says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And Proverbs, the second chapter, the second uh, book of Proverbs, the second, um, Proverbs, the second verse says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and have my commandments with thee, so that thou incline, incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as his treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now get this. God doesn't always answer you at the very first time you ask him or you talk to him. But are you listening? Are you really listening to him? You may be thinking that makes no sense what you're saying. Are you telling me to ask God what his purpose is for me? Then you're telling me that he may not tell me during that conversation? Yes. God has many, many ways of showing us what our purpose is. God uses various means to answer our questions. He uses people, things. He uses situations. He even used our trials and tribulations to respond to us. So are you listening? His voice speaks to us through so many ways. And, yes, God does use other people to let you know what your purpose is. So sometimes you need to listen. Have you ever been listening to someone talk about their passion or something that they are doing and you've said to them, Maybe God wants you to start such and such. Or that person responded, you know, I've heard that from lots of people. Could that be his calling? If you're traveling down the wrong path in terms of your purpose, you won't be flowing it is. You will be stumbling and wondering why. You will be spinning your wheels and going nowhere. Listening to what others say about your gifts or passions may guide you in the right direction. Check it out the next time someone notices or comments on one of your talents. Take note. God may be using someone else to confirm what you already know. God does use other people. And most of the time, if you're really listening, you may learn something. It might be a confirmation because you've already heard it from someone else 
or it may already be a candle in your heart. There are times, however, when you should not listen to what others are saying. But when what they say about you agrees with what you already know, when it agrees with your heart, when it agrees with your own conviction, your gift, and what God has already revealed to you, it can be a definite sign of your God-given calling. Tell the Spirit by the Spirit to see if it is of God. God will never lead you down a path of confusion, for he is not the author of confusion. God will never lead you down a path of division. God will never lead you down a path of disaster. Pursue your calling. If you know you can't sing and someone doesn't want to hurt your feelings and say to you, go, girl, you sounding good. Don't get all swelled up. Don't run off to the nearest recording studio and spend all your money trying to get a, a CD made. For you know within your heart, with your own personal conviction, that your purpose in life is not to draw others to him through your singing. God also sometimes uses your gift to let you know what your purpose is. So listen to your gift. Listen to your gift. You know, I've never really enjoyed working with numbers. Whenever I come to a statistician, I feel like they are going to be second-guessing my county. I feel like they are going to be double-checking my numbers, analyzing away those numbers people. Sorry if you're one of those numbers people. Numbers have never been my thing, and I doubt they ever will be because God created me with a different gift. Even though keeping up with the numbers is not my gift, I believe I can write and communicate. I believe I can encourage somebody somewhere, and so these gifts have been a road sign to me to where God's purpose for me is. Have you ever considered your talents and your gifts? Do you enjoy flying, especially to the uttermost parts of the world? Do you enjoy sharing the gospel to people from various places? Are you restless if you're not traveling and sharing the good news with someone in a foreign country? Have you ever been told that evangelizing in other countries could be your purpose? Perhaps God's purpose for you is to be an overseas evangelist. What is your heart saying to you? Are you a listener? Are you a strategic thinker? Can you motivate others to action with your words? Are you skilled at building things with your hands? I once read that you should make a list of the things and activities that interest you and what you excel in. You could also ask yourself, what's the one thing that I do better than anything else? What's the one thing I truly enjoy doing? Okay, have you considered doing that for God's glory? I believe God created some people to be comedians. I do. I believe that. I believe he created some people to become comedians in order to get his message across to some who may never, ever receive it or listen if the message is delivered in a traditional way. God knows how to reach his people, and he wants to use your gifts to do this. So, again, ask yourself, what's the one thing that I do that I know I do that makes me flow well? What gets my blood pumping? This can also guide you to your God-given calling. I read somewhere the gifts that God gives us are like little seeds planted inside us. For them to grow, we have to use them. This means that if you cannot identify which gift seeds God has given you, try doing new things that interest you. Through these new experiences, God will reveal more to you about who you are and how he has called you to serve him. What is it that you enjoy doing and you know that God is well pleased with? Is it working with your hands? What are you most passionate about? What gets you stirred up? 
What makes you want to keep on going even when others want to quit? Helping others? Perhaps you have a passion for helping others, for motivating others. Perhaps you have a passion for encouraging others to excel in their God-given talents. If in doing so, how many know that you are excelling in your very own calling by encouraging someone else? Organizing things. Perhaps you have the gift of administration. Do you enjoy reading? Well, perhaps have you ever considered God wants you to tutor others in reading, perhaps read to little children in hospitals or senior citizens in adult living facilities. Pursue your calling. Sure, there are a lot of things we enjoy doing, but if you were to be honest with yourself, the big question would be, does it line up with what God's call is on my life? If you ask yourself what makes you angry, what makes yourself joyful, what makes you excited or passionate, what would you say? Take note of what your emotions, of when your emotions are moved. These times can be a sign of your God-given purpose. And pray. Ask God, again, ask God to show you the things that move you. And make a list. And remember, he wants you to discover your purpose more than you want to. Your purpose is not just about you. It's about what God wants you to do. It's about how he wants to use you for kingdom building. Therefore, if you don't know what your purpose is, spend time in prayer. Listen to what others are saying. Listen to your gifts and listen to your heart. If you ignore and neglect these things, if you don't pay attention, if you don't spend some quality time reflecting on these things, if you don't pay attention to what others say about you, your gifts or your passions, you will not only miss your blessings, you will not be living the life that God has ordained for you, you will not be pleasing to God because he has called you to a purpose and wants you to walk in it for others and for your own joy. Also, consider that since God created you, called you, he's completely able to reveal your purpose to you, and he will as you diligently seek him. So are you pursuing your calling for God? And we know that all things, according to Romans 8, 28, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, according to his purpose. God designed you for a purpose. God's desire is for you to know, recognize, and with confidence walk in that purpose that he has for you. Pursue your purpose. Your gift will make work for you. Proverbs 18th chapter, the 15th and 17th verse says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Your God-given gift to the youth to fulfill your purpose, the purpose that God has given you from the beginning of time. You know, for years, and I'm going to think about you, think about what I'm about to say and see if you can relate to this. For years I've walked around trying to figure out exactly what God wanted me to do for his kingdom. Lord, what is your purpose for my life? For years, I'd say, Lord, why am I here? What did you create me to do? Lord, what am I supposed to be doing for your kingdom? The answer is almost synonymous with this old saying, if you build it, they will come, which is what I was talking about earlier, listening to your heart. My purpose is to please God. We all were created for his pleasure. What is his purpose for me? What was I supposed to be doing with the precious gift he had bestowed upon me? I know what it wasn't. I know that my purpose was not to draw people to God by singing, for I do not have the gift of singing. 
If he did not give you the gift of singing, then you should know that his purpose for you is that you is not that you sing before a large audience, and it's not going to take you on a journey to Carnegie Hall. In order to walk in your purpose, you have to accept and use the gift God has given you. Don't envy someone else's gift. Don't do that. And you definitely don't know what they have gone through or what God has allowed them to go through. My purpose wasn't to glorify God by helping his people in the health industry, but I wasn't born to be a nurse or a doctor. The sight of too much blood makes me nauseous. So I know that wasn't my purpose. But I thank God for those who are in the medical profession, for the gifts that God has given them, for the calling on their lives to help others others through the medical industry. I thank God for that. As you go about doing the work of God's kingdom and begin to sincerely ask God to reveal things to you, if you truly search your heart, you will become more sensitive to what you are supposed to be doing. Let me say that again. If you begin to sincerely ask God to reveal things to you and you truly search your heart, you will become more sensitive to what you are supposed to be doing. And when it hits home, what you're supposed to be doing, you would know your purpose. It would be like a bright light just went off. It would be like bells going off. Oh, yes, God. That's it. I got it. So back to me. I went about doing what became natural to me. I always tried to encourage someone. At first, to be honest, I didn't really see that as a gift. I was just walking through what I was destined to do, not knowing that this is my calling from God. Sometimes it would be one-on-one encouraging someone. Maybe I'd be in the office and someone would be in the hallway and we would just chat or whatever and, and I'd encourage them. Other times it might be in group settings, you know. But over a period of time, I realized this was something I didn't learn. I didn't acquire it on my own. It wasn't something I was in school to do or to learn. It was a gift from God. It's nothing wrong with getting all the education you can get. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about the calling that God has to, yes, you have oftentimes has to prepare for it, okay, like I said earlier, um, the gift from God. But sometimes I would meet strangers, and they would just begin to pour out their life story to me. And I would start off by thinking to myself, why are you sharing this with me? Oftentimes I end up sharing words of encouragement with them, something that will hopefully brighten their day. You see, I'm only a small piece of the puzzle. The word of God lets us know the one planet, one water, but God gets the glory. God does the increase. My purpose isn't any bigger or grander than your purpose. I get joy out of seeing the word of God come alive. I get joy out of the word becoming illuminated in someone's life. Pursue your calling, whether it's in a formal setting of it or an informal. Oftentimes, what begins as a simple conversation evolves into a necessary doing what God has called me to do. Lots of times this happens, and I don't even realize it's happening. When I find myself teaching or encouraging someone, it encourages me. Isn't that just like God? You see, it's not me. It's the God in me. It's the God in me, and I give him the honor, the glory, and the praise. It's his spirit using me. I'm just a vessel. Not to sound, you know, so vain, but I am just a vessel. I need to be careful that I don't get carried away thinking it's all about me because it is certainly all about God. I believe God gave me the spirit of teaching as a way to encourage others, and the joy I receive in encouraging others like a boomerang. Look at this. A fish was not designed to be on land. Even the fish tried to convince itself that it could learn to lack the grass 
It never would, and it would never prosper. In fact, the fish would eventually die on land. A fish out of water will not be happy. If you're always tempted to be like someone else that you're not designed to be, you're not going to be happy. Have you ever been asked to do something to assist with a particular ministry, and no matter how hard you try, something just wasn't clicking, something just wasn't connecting? You tried to give it your best, but something just wasn't right. Did you feel like a fish out of water? God has given each of us special gifts to use for his glory. Your heart will tell you if you listen very carefully. When our heart desires to know what God's purpose is for us, begins to activate a new direction in our lives. You see, God knows if you're sincere in finding your purpose, your calling. There are many ways you can learn your purpose, as I've mentioned several of them before. There are many ways God uses you to let you know your purpose. Oftentimes, oftentimes, we allow distractions to lure us away from pursuing our calling. Sometimes we know our purpose, but we refuse to accept it. So when you know that God is calling you to do something, be obedient, for it's better to be obedient than to suffer the consequences. Don't be like Jonah was when God gave him um, told him what he wanted him to do. When you know to do right and refuse to do it for whatever reason, don't be like a Jonah. Let's go to Jonah, the um, Jonah, the first chapter. The, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. We won't read all of it because time won't allow us to. But the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He told him to go in one direction, and he went completely the opposite direction. God told him to um, he to go to Tarshish, and he went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with the folks on the ship from the presence of God. How many know you can't hide from God? You can't hide from God. So did God. So the Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto their God and cast him cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah was going down to the sides of the ship, and guess what he was doing? He was asleep. When God tells you to do something and you don't obey, does your disobedience cause harm, suffering, or hardship to others. Let me tell you, say that again. When God tells you to do something, and rather than obey, you fall asleep on what he's told you to do, does your disobedience cause harm, suffering, or hardship to others? So back to the scripture. The shipmaster came to John and said, unto him, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call unto thy God. If so be that God would think upon us that we perish not. And they said, everyone to his fellow come, and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. They were trying to figure out who among them caused this, um, the ship to be uh, almost shipwrecked, you know, all the, the, the winds and the storms. And all. So they cast the lot, and guess what? The lot fell upon Jonah. So they said to Jonah, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thy occupation, and where comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And Jonah, oh Jonah, said to them, I am a Hebrew, 
And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which has made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid. Why has he done this to us? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them, Does your disobedience cause others to be anxious or afraid? Then they came unto Jonah and said, What shall we do unto you that the sea may be calm? For the sea wrought and was very temperate. And Jonah said to them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest has come upon you. But they didn't want to do that. So they continued to roll and roll, trying to bring the, the ship to land. But they did not want to throw him aboard. So they cried unto the Lord, and they said, I beseech you, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and let, lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So after they could not contain the ship, they ended up taking Jonah and cast him overboard into the sea. And the sea ceased her raging immediately. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. Then guess what the men did? They offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and they made vows. Now, Jonah's out there. But where is he? God has prepared. God always prepares a way for his people. God had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And so Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. How many know that God loves us so much that oftentimes, even in our mess, even in our distress, even in our disobedience, he still provides. He's still a provider. He's still a protector. He loves us just that much. So next, in the belly of the fish, Jonah prays out to God. He calls out to God. He repents from the belly of the fish. And God, oh God, caused that great old fish to vomit Jonah up unto dry land. How many know that when God called out to Jonah a second time, Jonah did not waste any time doing what God told him to do? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Have you been behaving like Jonah? Then repent and ask God to forgive you. Get up and go. You who he has predestinated, you who he has called, you who he has justified, you who he has glorified, go and pursue your calling. You have been given a second chance, another opportunity to make it right. If you were to ask someone who is certain of their purpose in God's kingdom, and if they were to be honest and you want to ask them, how did you know? Did you recognize your calling right away? If they were to be honest, they'd tell you no. They didn't recognize it right away. Yes, some may have received their answers right away with such clarity that they knew without a shadow of a doubt why they were created. However, for the majority of us, it may have been a longer process. Oftentimes, trials and tribulations, temptations may help us in determining what our purpose is. That may sound crazy, but stay with me here. It's like walking a treasure map, receiving first one clue and then another, with the understanding building over time. Going through life in this way, asking and praying and waiting to receive the answer builds faith, it builds courage, it builds strength, and it opens within us, within us a passageway of divine light that communicates with the spiritual realm in a continual way. This process also purifies us and releases us from other ways of relating to life so we can begin to see and feel and be in a whole new life. In order to please God, 
You must do what you know you must do. You must pursue your calling. Do the specific work that God has ordained for you to do. Don't stray to the left or to the right. Don't get so excited because Sister Sue over there is doing one thing. Brother John is doing something else, and that looks good to you. And you said, let me try that. Don't worry about what else someone else is doing. You go and pursue your calling, your God-given gifts. You use them for his kingdom building. Don't try to cover someone else's gifts. Go and pursue your calling. Don't be concerned if people don't pat you on the back, if people don't call your name. Only be concerned with pursuing the call that God has ordained for you to do. First Peter 2, 9 says, For you are, but you are, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness and to his marvelous light. So in summary, pursue your calling by praying and have that conversation with God. Seek wisdom from God. Listen closely. Don't be anxious to get a word in. Listen to what God has to say. Three, remember, oftentimes he may use other ways to let you know your purpose. He may use other people to listen to what others may be telling you about your gifts. Listen to your own gifts. Listen to your own passion, your own heart. Remember, your calling was determined way before you were born at the beginning of time. Your gifts, all good and perfect gifts, remember, were given to you freely so that you can fulfill your purpose. Remember, your purpose isn't just about you. It's about helping others to reach higher heights in him, to get closer to him. Remember, you are destined to succeed, my brother. You were created for his good pleasure, my sister. You were created to be everything God wants you to be. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Remember, don't allow stumbling blocks to prevent you from walking in your God-given purpose. Be obedient and pursue your calling. Be obedient and pursue your calling. Now, I want to end this message by assuming that everyone has a relationship with God. I don't want to assume anything. We don't want to assume that everyone listening is saved. For those who are not saved, for those who are unsure of your salvation, I want you to listen very carefully. At the end of the day, when you breathe your last breath or when Jesus comes back, what would be your destiny? Have you already accepted Jesus Christ into your heart? Are you saved? Praise God. I thank God you are. Then you go out and you pursue your calling. If you have acknowledged that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins, if you ask for forgiveness, if you repented of your sins, and by faith receive your forgiveness, then you go out and do what God told you to do, pursue your calling. But if you have not, if you don't know, unsure, if you're not 100% sure of your relationship with Christ, listen very carefully. Romans 10, 9 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So number one, you must admit that you are a sinner. So Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So two, you need to be willing to repent. That's return away from your sin. And then three, you need to believe that Jesus Christ died for you, that Jesus was buried, and that he was risen from the dead. For Romans 10.10 10 says, well, for with the heart, man 
believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Through prayer right now, you can ask Jesus to come into your life to become your personal Savior. For Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever, thank God I'm a whosoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what do I pray? You can pray this prayer right after me right now. If you're sincere and wanting a relationship with Christ, then you pray this prayer. Dear God, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sin. I'm willing to turn from sin. I now invite Christ to come into my heart and my life as my personal Savior. If you did that with true conviction from your heart, if you trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, guess what? You have just begun a wonderful new life in Christ, and guess what else is happening this very moment? The angels in heaven are rejoicing over this conviction. The angels in heaven are rejoicing for another soul has come home. Read your Bible every day to get to know Jesus Christ. Talk to God through prayer. Then get baptized, worship, fellowship in a local church where Christ is preached and where the Bible is the final authority. And then tell others this good news about Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear God. We thank you, Lord God, for the word that's gone forth. And as you said in your word, when it goes forth, it will not return until you board. So, Lord, we thank you that it has gone out and accomplish that which you have purposed for it to accomplish. Now, Lord God, we ask that every person that heard the word, Lord God, that they would go out and be a doer of the word and not just a hearing owner. We thank you, Lord God, for this ministry. We thank you, Father, because we truly, Lord God, know that the best is still yet to come. And as others, we go out and pursue our calling. We go out with confidence, knowing, trusting, and believing that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Amen. Well, would you stay tuned for um, a, few, a short message from this, this um, broadcast? Thank you so much. God bless you, and look up, expecting wonderful things to happen. Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul So go out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.